Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. COVID-19 has been the top health story around the world for two years now, but in Canada, there has been a growing health concern looming. For the last several years, cases of syphilis have skyrocketed in the country, and the COVID pandemic has actually made things worse. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. National Post health reporter Sharon Kirkey joins me to discuss what's driving these cases, why it has doctors concerned, and what their advocating governments do about it. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, we're even on Amazon Music now. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So Sharon, as COVID-19 hit Canada two years ago, we had already seen in some provinces an increase in cases of syphilis, you know, places like Alberta come to mind that were reporting big upticks in cases. But other than Alberta, where were some other places that noticed this increase in cases? Yeah, you're right. So Alberta for sure, but other prairie provinces, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, they also saw like a resurgence starting around the mid-20s. And we also saw outbreaks across pockets of Canada. You know, we saw them in Edmonton, again, in Winnipeg, in Ottawa, in other communities, some in the Maritimes. But what's really surprising is that in the past few years, in the rates nationally have really reached their highest point in decades, like like since the 1940s. And as the COVID-19 pandemic set in, we saw syphilis rates continue to rise and, and potentially because of the attention that COVID got went underreported. How many cases did Canada see in 2020? Because I understand it was a record year, right? Yeah, there were just under 9,500 confirmed cases in Canada in 2020. And that's when there was decreased testing because of COVID. That was up from, I think in 2011, it was just under 1,800 cases. So, you know, pretty dramatic. And in Alberta, I mean, the cases just exploded in Alberta. There were in 2020, 2,500 cases. And the early estimate is that they saw 3,000 cases last year in 2021. So again, really remarkable when, you know, you consider that in the year 2000, there were, I think, 17 known cases in all of Alberta. But again, you know, Ottawa, we saw a tripling of cases between 2010 and 2020. So Mm -hmm. again, it's not concentrated, but certainly Alberta, the numbers just kind of went off the chart. For these cases to get to these heights, there have to be some specific drivers of infection. And so I'm curious, what is driving the increase? And as kind of in tandem with that, how did COVID potentially make the situation worse? Is it a case of resources being focused 
elsewhere in terms of testing, in terms of public awareness? What was driving that end of it? Well, when we try to understand, you know, why, what's going on here, there's no one simple explanation. I talked to a bunch of experts. And, you know, for sure, certain behaviors increase the risk, right? So sex without a condom, multiple sex partners, you know, drug use that's associated with risky sex, especially methamphetamines, because they can increase sex drive and they also make people less inhibited. So it makes it more likely for people to have unprotected sex. There's been this rise in the smartphone dating apps, right, that make it easier for people who are looking for anonymous casual sex to connect with each other. But that also makes it much harder to do contact tracing if one of those people gets infected with syphilis or an STI. And while the rates tend to be highest among gay and bisexual men, we're seeing this creeping rates increasing among, you know, heterosexuals, especially women. And, you know, unfortunately, Indigenous persons, especially those of First Nations, are disproportionately affected. And like you mentioned, when COVID hit, it kind of made things worse, right? Because all the public health units were suddenly very focused on COVID, which was important. But, you know, the same people who are usually involved with sexually transmitted diseases education or testing and, and contact tracing and treatment, a lot of them had to pivot to COVID, right? And so many programs ground to a halt and it became, I think, especially harder for at-risk groups to access these clinics or to even see doctors, right? Because so much of the care became virtual, but if you don't have a computer and access to the internet, you know, how are you going to get that virtual care? And I think many people just stopped seeing doctors. You know, you mentioned you, you talked to some experts and some doctors who have been following this trend. What are they saying about the fact that we're seeing this explosion in syphilis cases? Why are they most concerned about it? Well, you know, they're worried, right? Because one doctor said, you know, a lot of people think syphilis is this kind of ancient benign disease, but it's really not. A couple of infectious diseases doctors I spoke with said they're seeing like these really awful neurological complications of people with untreated syphilis. They're seeing these stroke-like syndromes and people with problems with balance, people with partial or complete vision loss. Hmm. One doctor said syphilis can affect pretty much any organ and it can even cause, you know, inflammation of the blood vessels, which is what you sometimes see with some autoimmune diseases. But, you know, again, David's it, thankfully, it's curable, right, with penicillin. So it's easily treated with penicillin. But if it's not recognized early, you know, it can cause some of these really serious issues. And among the serious issues, you know, you mentioned that we're seeing a big uptick in cases in heterosexual women. So we're talking about women, obviously, at childbearing age. This can have horrible effects on preterm and full-term babies, right? Yeah, as we saw the shift, more heterosexual women being diagnosed, you get, of course, this corresponding increase in the number of babies being born. And, you know, Canada, I think Canada used to see fewer than 10 babies a year born with syphilis. And I spoke with one doctor who's leading this national survey of pediatricians in Canada. And I think it's like 2,800 pediatricians are being asked to report, okay, in the previous month, how many babies did you see or children did you see with syphilis? And between now and last June, they reported 101. 
So that's 101 babies over just a nine-month period alone. Hmm. That doesn't even represent, you know, the true scope of the problem because it doesn't include babies born, stillborn, or babies that died soon after birth. We'll be right back. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We're looking at this as not on the same scale as COVID-19, but I get the sense that there are health officials out there that are concerned that we have a, a looming public health crisis on our hands. So what is the message that you're hearing from experts on this that they would like to see public health officials do? Or what are we seeing public health officials do related to syphilis in Canada? I think what they're asking for is a couple of things. You know, they're saying what we need is broader awareness campaigns, right, that also target or reach out to heterosexual populations. But they also said that, you know, with the rates climbing, doctors should have like this really high index of suspicion, right? Which means if someone is showing any possible symptoms, if there's any doubt, test. And there's also this push to get faster access to testing, but also faster tests. So kind of rapid tests, you know, like the rapid antigen tests that we have for COVID, there's a couple of companies in Canada that have these rapid syphilis tests that give results in like five minutes, I think. So, you know, the problem now is that with the current testing, the person is tested, they go away, the result comes back in a week, two weeks, sometimes three weeks, depending where they live in Canada. And doctors say we lose like 20 to 30% of people who just don't come back, right, for that follow-up visit. So if you had a rapid test, you could give... And you go, okay, well, the preliminary result is showing positive, preliminary positive. Why don't we just go ahead and treat you now with penicillin, right? Mm -hmm. So you've captured them. You've got them at the point of testing. And, you know, and some doctors say we should be offering STI testing, testing for sexually transmitted infections, like routinely, you know, make it normal. The same way we test for, I don't know, high cholesterol or high blood pressure, especially important because they're seeing more syphilis in older people. And so like people, on, you know, if they went to their family doctor for their regular checkup and the doctor sends them for a blood panel, you're suggesting that there are uh, experts out there that say, we'll just include an, an STI test as part of that testing. Yeah, I think that's just a way to broaden the scope because these can be very delicate conversations to have, right? Mm -hmm. They can be tricky conversations to have, but not everybody is comfortable with them. But they're just saying, you know, expand the testing, make it more part of routine care. So we kind of normalize it in a way. Yeah. Do we get a sense as to why we're seeing more cases in older people as well? It's interesting. They're not sure. I think part of it is, again, that more people are accessing, I don't know if the older folks are doing the dating apps, but people are 
reaching out perhaps more than they did for casual contacts. Perhaps that's something that older people are experiencing as well. It's not quite clear. I don't think it's a huge number of people. They're not seeing the increase in rates like they're seeing in other younger cohorts of populations, but it's certainly on their radar. And the concern is that untreated syphilis can cause dementia or increase the risk of dementia. Mm -hmm. We're coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic, or a lot of politicians are suggesting we're coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic. We're seeing like testing scaled back. We're seeing reporting of COVID data scaled back in various provinces. Restrictions are lifted. So potentially we're seeing resources shuffled back to other areas of the healthcare system. Do you get the sense that this is going to be an area that gets increased focus as we step away from daily COVID updates and bigger systemic concern about COVID-19? I'm not sure because I'm not sure where it fits in sort of the priority list for public health units. And every province has their own priorities Mm -hmm. as we try to catch up with so much, right? So much that was lost or challenged during COVID. Certainly the people that I spoke with who spend a lot of their time working in this field would like to see more resources put into this just because of the spillover effects, right? Like we talked about with children, you know, more children being born with syphilis. Someone said to me, every child born with syphilis is a sign of a failure of our public health system because it's entirely preventable, right? And again, you know, children who are born with syphilis, you can easily treat it. You can easily reverse some of the problems with penicillin if caught quickly enough. But if you don't treat syphilis in babies, they can end up with really permanent damage to their bones. They can end up blind or deaf. They can end up with learning and developmental problems. Thankfully, thank God, we haven't missed a child yet born with syphilis and we've been able to treat the child right away. But the concern is that if the rates keep rising, the greater the risk we will miss someone. As you mentioned, if it's caught early, it can be treated and it can be cured, but people would have to be aware of the possible symptoms. So I know you talked about some more severe symptoms earlier, but what should people be paying attention for in terms of their health? Usually the first symptom is a sore or an ulcer at the point of contact, and and it's usually painless. It tends to show up anywhere from a few days to three months or so after infection. Sometimes you can have a rash. Some people complain of sort of malaise or nondescript. I hate that term, but it's why syphilis is sometimes called the great mimicker, right? It can look like all sorts of things. But it's usually that sore at the point of contact, so the mouth or the genitals is usually the first sign. And again, we talked about, you know, what happens if it's not treated. So if it's not treated at that stage, people go into this secondary stage where they develop, you know, swollen lymph glands, that more pronounced rash. Some can experience like a sudden kind of partial vision loss or they start having problems with their balance. They feel very dizzy. Mm-hmm. And if that stage isn't treated, then you can enter that latent stage where, you know, years out, even decades out, people can suddenly develop sort of brain complications and nervous system problems, right? They can have problems walking. They can start to show signs of dementia. So definitely not a good stage. You do not want to get to that latent stage of infection. I know in your piece, you talked about 2020 numbers. Do we know where we're at with 2021 or are those numbers still kind of months off? Yeah, those numbers are still a little ways off. The only ones I have, as I mentioned, were for Alberta because then those, again, were, were preliminary numbers. But, you know, if Alberta numbers are rising, there's nothing to suggest that we're going to suddenly see 
this trend coming down. Uh, everybody is anticipating that we'll see the rates still increasing. Well, it, definitely an important story that I imagine will probably get more attention now that the mood around the pandemic has changed. Uh, Sharon, always a pleasure to talk to you. Well, my pleasure, Dave. Thanks so much. 10-3 is produced by Sean Knox. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Sharon Kirky. More from her at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.